This is John Gescheitmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Happy 2024 to you. My name is John Gescheidmeyer, and I'm the host of Wisconsin Real Estate Today. Every year we do an end of the year 2023 wrap up where we look at statistics and we look at the outlook for the National Association of Realtors, the Wisconsin Realtor Association, and then of course my own thoughts. I've been doing uh, real estate for many years, and so for me, uh, this is just kind of a tradition, and it's something that we do in house. We've been doing this for a long time. Uh, I do need to give credit for some of the material that I'm going to give you today, which we are going to make available to you. I'll tell you where you can get those in a little bit. But um, a lot of the information I'm going to get on the economic and real estate outlook comes from a man by the name of Lawrence Yoon. He is the National Association of Realtors Chief Economist. He's also the Senior Vice President for Research. Uh, he's a guy that I met earlier this uh, past year in April of 2023 in Kansas City. There was a broker owner summit for uh, the National Association of Realtors that I went to, and it was very, very informative. This guy's a really smart guy. Um, we also take statistics from Wisconsin. We take them from our MLS. And so we're going to get into those statistics in a little bit. Let's start nationally. Um, let's look at what happened in 2023. Let's look forward to 2024. And, and look, I'll be honest with you. In real estate, 2023 was a very difficult year. It was tough. It was tough if you're an agent. It was a, it was a tough year if you're a seller. And, and it was a tough year if you're a buyer. It was just one of these years that is going to go down as one of the worst in our recent history. When we look at annual existing home sales, those are the homes that you are selling or buying, not new home construction, but annual existing home sales. We don't have the final numbers in yet, right? The new or the year just ended a few days ago. But it looks likely that there'll be about an 18% decline in sales. Now, if you think about it from even my firm, we're up about maybe 20% in agents from where we were at this time last year, but we're down 20% in sales and it might be down 25% in sales. That, that doesn't mean we're not good. <laughs> we have some really talented and uh, seasoned experts. What, mean, what that means though, is that the market right now is just in a, in a spot, but that's going to change. All right. So let's just call it a 20% decline, right? That's on track for the worst year since 2008 or 1995. And I'm looking at a graph. This is our second um, slide, if you will, or first data slide. But it's been a tough year, right? And when we look at the seasonally adjusted annualized sale pace, we've seen some big increases. 2020, 2005 was the largest amount of home sales, existing home sales that we've seen. Now that's a good time to be a real estate advisor, right? But then it went way down in 2009. Then it went back up in over 6 million homes sold in 2021. But then it dropped about 18% or so. Um, and it just seems like we're in this cyclical cycle. So when we look at new home sales, they were actually up last year. Now, talking to some of my builder friends, they did not have the greatest of years, 
But at least across the country, new home sales were up 4.5%. Uh, and that was as of October. So we're going to wait to see where that comes, uh, you know, comes, comes out in the end. But the single-family housing starts were trying to return to somewhat normal after a decade of underproduction. And when you look at these slides, um, it, it's, it's been a rough year for some of these builders. Back in 2007, 2009, 2011, those were very, very tough years. So I'm not going to focus on multifamily, but I will say um, when it comes to rent, you know, one of the common considerations that people are making is do I want to purchase a home at an interest rate above seven or do I want to continue to look at rent increases? Because rent increases, as far as the government can, you know, can track it, right, is actually up significantly. Now it's softening according to the private, unofficial private sector data, right? 2022 quarter one, rent was up about 11%. However, they claim it's down to about 1% now, but there's no way to prove that. The official government data was that in 2022, it was, it was 4%. It hit roughly 9% of an increase in quarter one of 2023, and then started to soften a little bit in quarter two. Now, we don't have all of those numbers, but that's what we have so far. We know that inflation, uh, rent, food costs, those type of things, um, really play into inflation, right? So the official consumer price inflation was at 3.2% in October. Now that's down from about 9% in May of 2022. May of 2023, it was down to 5%. So if you prospectively go back to May of 2020, it was almost at nothing. And then it very rapidly in January of 2021 started to go up. It went from, according to this graph that I'm looking at, maybe the high ones and then to 2%, and then it shot up to almost 9%. Um, it's taken some time to bring that down. The 30-year mortgage has followed. And when you look at the Fed fund rates, um, more than likely, as many people have predicted, it's peaked. So what does that mean? I mean, these rates hit almost 8%, and in fact, some did hit 8%, around September of 2023. And if that didn't kill the market going into the end of the year, I don't know what did. But remember mortgage rates from, you know, let's say January of 2019, which would be four years ago, right? Five years ago, five years ago. <clears throat> I did my math, trust me. We were at four and a half percent. But then that went down below three. And those of you who are in a, a, a really great you know, mortgage rate, you, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, right? These are, these are crazy. But what, what's happening is the 10-year treasury yield has dropped from about 5% in late October of 2023. After some jobs data came out and in early December, it was down to, I'll just call it about four and a quarter. And hopefully that's telling the feds that we've got to pivot. Now they've already made one adjustment this uh, this past quarter. Some are arguing that it may be too soon. It may have been a steep drop. We'll see, right? But job gains are softening. And there are some people out there calling for some tough months ahead with the economy. In fact, some, I just read yesterday, are talking about another potentially light or slight 
recession. So when we look at job gains, we look at some of the states that have lost uh, jobs. We look at some of the states that you know have lost population. Where the big gainers have been from March of 2020 to October of 2023, where we're looking at uh, high payroll employment, right? This doesn't take into account some of the part-time type of job gains. But we look at Nevada at 9.7%, Texas 8.8%. We look at, you know, in this case, Kentucky 4.9%, Tennessee 5.8%. Um, South Carolina, North Carolina, up above six. We look at um, D.C., down 2.6%. Rhode Island, down 1.4%. New York, almost flat, but down 0.1%. Where is Wisconsin? Well, we gained about 1.2%. So what does that mean? Well, it means that people, obviously, who are gainfully employed, and we know there's plenty of people out there looking for uh, people to work for their companies, people that are gainfully employed add to the economy, right? Because they have more money to spend. It isn't sitting in a corporation that needs to hire people, but somehow can't. Let's shift to home price appreciation since COVID. Now, this was from quarter one of 2020 to 2023, quarter three. Now, you can take what you want from these numbers, But almost as I look at the United States, and there's a map here that you can access, when I look at some of the biggest gains, it's in some of the states that have had also the largest population gains, right? So it makes sense that when people are moving from, let's say, a high taxing state, and trust me, Wisconsin is in the top 10 for, I think it's in the top seven for highest taxing states. But when when people move from, let's say, California to Florida, you would venture to find that, and it would make sense that those gains in California are going down, right? They're, they're flattening, in this case, 38.7% home appreciation versus Florida at 65.3. Why? Because when I retire and I've got a pension, and if I move from Wisconsin or California to Florida, where they don't tax your, in, your, your income, you know, obviously, it's more desirable. Home prices are going to go up. Maine went up a whopping 64.9%. Wisconsin, 47.5%. So what does that mean? That means between 2020, quarter one, January, February, and March, to quarter three, right? 2023, your home went up 47.5% on average in Wisconsin. The huge disparity comes in where we talk about wealth. And wealth is not just home appreciation. It's everything that you own. It's investments, it's savings, it's real estate, it's it's everything, right? In 2019, the average, if you will, rent uh, net worth, the median net worth, now this is a Federal Reserve survey of consumer finance, the average renter's excuse me, the average renter's net worth was $7,300. Compare that to a homeowner back in 2019 of 295,000 plus. I mean, it's massive, the difference, right? Real estate still is your best investment. Let's look at 2022, three years later. Same survey, renters, 10,400 
versus 396,000 plus wealth comparison, 10,400 as a renter in 2022 to 396,200 to a homeowner. Now, how do we bridge that gap? That's one of the biggest challenges that we're seeing in real estate, especially areas where I live in Waukesha County here in Metro Milwaukee. How do you bridge that gap? How do you get someone who's not earning enough in their, in their income to be able to purchase a home when those median prices are going up? I know our, in our MLS, and I don't remember the exact number, I want to say it was around 370000 Now, you go into other MLSs, and it's much, much higher. So what does the forecast look like for a 30-year fixed rate? So there's a, a, a few things that has to happen. And again, this is courtesy of Lawrence Yoon with the National Association of Realtors. Number one, rents will calm down further, which holds down the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, and will make the Fed uh, cut their rates four times. That, that's his prediction. Now, this is to average a 30-year fixed to average 6.3% in 2024. Is that higher than the threes and fours we've seen as of a few years ago? Well, of course, right? But it's better than eight. And I think, obviously, the more people um, that feel they can afford rent, I'm sorry, owning a home versus renting, as those interest rates go down, start to get into the market. So number two, community banks are suffering from high interest rates, right? So the special line of credit, uh, the credit line that they have been experiencing is ending in March of 2024. And number three, spread with government bond will return to normal. Now, that's a little bit above my pay grade, so I'm just throwing it out there. What, what does that mean to us? That mortgage rates could be anywhere from about 6.1% to 6.6. And this is before the rate cuts. If you look at these slides, and you can find these on our Facebook page, Wisconsin Real Estate Today Facebook page, you'll see that the mortgage rate cuts right, are, are higher, right? You can see these peaks, 2008, 2009, 2020, 2023. So you can see where these rates have spiked. They've always come down, right? They've always come down. Total home sales, where this year was very, very, very tough, should be up in Lawrence's opinion, Dr. Yoon's opinion, about 13% in 2024. New sales up 19%. Now, again, I don't see that in Wisconsin, but we do see it at least being predicted more so across the U.S. So lower rates mean more buyers and a potential for more sellers, because guess what? When you look at the areas across the U.S. that have some of the most pent-up demand, Sellers know that they can sell. They don't know where to go, though. And they're not really sure if they want to finance at these higher rates. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, though, is that, you know, we don't have a mortgage, so why would we go and pay 6%? Well, in most cases, if you don't have a mortgage, you're probably able to sell your home, take the cash, and then make a cash investment. Now, I'm not saying that you should do that on your own. You should definitely consult with your tax advisor. You should consult with your financial advisor. Um, I know my financial advisor and I, we've been talking quite a bit. We just met last week, actually, to look forward to the market. He's predicting that the market will go down um, sometime, probably in quarter two would be his guess. And I've been reading some stuff uh, very similar to that. So what are the risks to first-time homebuyers, right? Well, 
if you don't have a down payment, right, your down payment is nothing, then the percentage of home price, you, you're, you're really at about 16% of buyers. When we start getting into the 6 to 10%, 11 to 20%, more than 20%, now we're seeing the chunk of buyers that are able to purchase their homes, right? The bigger percentage. So the bigger challenges that people are having right now, according to the National Association of Realtors survey, was 17% of buyers said, we're just having a difficult time getting a mortgage and an appraisal, right? 23% that the hardest part of buying was paperwork. Well, a good real estate agent will help you with that. 38% said that saving for a down payment, and then 38% said understanding the process are their biggest challenges. Now, that's not the biggest of challenges. The number one is finding the right property. Let's go back to what happened during COVID, where we didn't stop. Interest rates were low, um, decent amount of inventory out there, but not enough for buyers because we had multiple offers, sometimes 40, 50 offers on, on properties, which is insane. I mean, there's no way you can manage that, right? But what happened? We had a lot of people that were waiving appraisal. They were waiving inspection. They were buying their home for sometimes 10, 15% higher than list price, which is you know anywhere from 10 to $50,000 or more. And you know what? They don't love that property. It's okay. And they've saved money and Let's be honest, since you know COVID, we've already illustrated that they've made money, but that was a risk, right? That was a risk. And so there are a lot of people out there right now that unfortunately are in homes they don't love. And we're telling our agents that it's time now to reach out to those people. I'm not saying they're going to find their home immediately, but over the next year, you would guess that they would, right? Because what happens? Well, the market has a tendency to work the way the market's supposed to work. The market will give people properties essentially when they need them, but we've been very, very, very low. And so what I want to do now is I want to shift to some of the local updates. Now, we don't have the official you know, end-of-the-year numbers from WRA. Those will come. I'll combine MLS and WRA, but every every month I do kind of my own uh, market statistics, if you will, posts. Um, and I want to bring up what happened at least at the end of this year. Okay. So this comes to me on the first of every month and it's market statistics and it's a summary from uh, December of 2023. And I want to I end with this. I want to spend a couple minutes just giving you a perspective. We know uh, a couple things, right? And let me just go to the to the summary here. Active listings were up about 5%. Now, that was compared to this time last year, right? We look month over month from year over year. But sold listings were down about 15.7%. So we are right now sitting in a buyer's market. Now, that doesn't mean that the buyers can be uber selective, right? But what they can do is they know that they can essentially just wait. They can be picky. Sellers are not receiving instant offers. They're not receiving multiple offers. And I know that's something very difficult for people to realize, but that's exactly what it is. But we also know that the prices are going up. So the median 
sale price per square feet was actually up year over year, December to December, 6.5%. Now, again, this is just in Metro MLS, and that's about eight southeastern Wisconsin counties. The months of supply, though, is up a whopping 24.3%. So I've said this before, month of su- months of supply in a balanced market is roughly about six months. And what that means is that a person that's entering the market today should be able to find the home that they're looking for within six months. And a seller should be able to get a willing, enable buyer to buy their home within six months. But we've been conditioned that if it doesn't sell within a weekend, that there's something wrong, right? That's not the case anymore. Okay, we're going to dive into those statistics here in a second. Why is that happening? Well, because for a myriad of factors, the market is normalizing to some degree. Prices are going up, but they're stabilizing to some degree. Somebody very important said to me, and and this is a real estate coach by the name of Jared James, didn't say it to me personally, but it was in a presentation. He said, your buyers have to understand that you can claw back your rate. In other words, if you have to purchase a home right now, let's say it's 7%, you can claw back that rate in a year or two when you refinance, let's say at five and a half or even six, and you could get those savings. Yes, you're going to pay a little bit more between now and then in your um, monthly mortgage payment, but you can't claw back prices, right? Unless the market significantly crashes, which we just don't see. Yes, we're seeing a somewhat of a plateauing of prices, but my prediction is that in the Metro Milwaukee area, prices are going to appreciate between three and 5%. That's in 2024. Five to six to even 7% in counties like Waukesha, some of the most wealth uh, rich people in 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 the uh, in the state but and and that doesn't mean it's not good or bad okay that's just where concentration of wealth is to some degree but at the end of the uh, at the end of the year I think what you're gonna see is you're gonna see in Milwaukee about a three to four percent increase in property values why that's gonna come from sold data so what are we seeing what are we seeing for months of supply and I really concentrate on this when I look at year over year there's not a significant change, but this, this is broken down by price ranges. From zero to, a, let's say, 200000 right, which is really tough to find a property. Maybe a condo you know, in parts of Milwaukee or some of the suburbs. Um, month of, months of supply, 2023 in December is 2.26, up from 1.35, 2022 December. So that's a huge increase. Um, and, and they're getting about the same. It's about 98.6, 98.9% of list. Let's get into the more realistic price points. 300 to 500,000. That's kind of your first time home buyer price point now, right? Maybe under three, but those are tougher to find. When we look at this time last year in December, 1.7 months of supply versus 1.81 in December of 2023. Uh, we're still getting 99%, 100% of list. It's exactly 100% now in that price point. Uh, but remember, that if I list a property way too high and there's another property that listed way too low, those should cancel itself out because these are median numbers, right? These are just averages. All right, let's look at 500 to 700,000. 
actually a little bit better of a scenario this year. 3.34 months of supply versus 3.7 last year. And then let's look at the 700 to 1 million range. Last year it was 3.11. This year it's 3.67. So what does that mean? That means that if you're a buyer and you're looking to sell your home in the 300 to $500,000 range, you should have a better chance of selling that quicker and for a little bit more money. But then your move up to the 700000 range, let's just call it that in between those two price points, you got time. And you can be a little more selective. So there's a strategy behind how we do all this. And an, and an expert real estate agent, an expert real estate agent, which is what you need in today's market. And don't just trust that an agent says, well, I'm an expert. Because anybody can profess themselves to be an expert. You got to really dive into what is an expert? What does that expert look like? And why are they an, why are they an expert? Right? That's really important. It's not just about... Um, sales. I mean, personally, I, I can say I'm an expert in many communities. 650 plus sales in 12 years will get you that. Not to mention having a team where we've sold well over, you know, into the thousand range. But the bottom line is we're in a pros market. Now is not the time to get your cousin who does this part time. And, you know, last year sold one or two homes. It's time to get somebody who sold 20, 30, 40 homes because they get it. The national average, believe it or not, is less than six. And that's scary to me. But also half of the agents in 2022 never sold a home. Half of the agents sold zero homes across the U.S., according to the National Association of Realtors. So in the next coming months, we're going to give you a lot of stuff as we prepare for spring. I apologize, I've been behind in doing these things, but the next podcast you're going to get information from is more localized year-end statistics from Wisconsin Real Estate, uh, uh, Wisconsin Realtors Association, <laughs> at a brain fade on that one, and also our Metro MLS. So for now, that's what I've got. You can check out these stats at our Facebook group, Wisconsin Real Estate Today. And hey, if you haven't subscribed to it, please follow us. Um, any feedback you have, I'd love, but uh, welcome to 2024. It'll be a great year, I think, in real estate. My name is John Gescheidmeyer. I'm your host. Take care, everybody. This episode of Wisconsin Real Estate Today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.